Welcome to the podcast of Grace and Peace Church. Before we get to the Sunday message, we want to share a need that we have as a community. We had to burn through our savings during the COVID pandemic, and we would like to replenish that in order to stay on mission and continue doing ministry as Grace and Peace Church. If you find any value from what we're doing as a podcast or as a church community, we'd invite you to check out the GoFundMe. There's a link in the description in the show notes, as well as on our social media, Instagram, Facebook, or on our website at graceandpeacechurch.org. And uh, you can read more on that GoFundMe page about what we're doing and support what we're doing. Grace and peace to you as you participate and prayerfully support what's happening and what God is doing through this community and keeping it alive. Grace and peace to you. We are in the second week of Pentecost. So last week I spoke about the Holy Spirit and dug into that one a bit. And so what I want to do is um, we're going through the lectionary. And if that's something new to you, I would encourage you to check it out. I'll throw a link this week and you can see where that exists, but um, the church globally um, uses this, and it's basically uh, a guide to reading through scripture throughout the year that uses uh, Old Testament, the gospel, the epistles, and, um, and begins to give you just a big overview in the Psalms as well, and gives you an overview of scripture, and so it's a guide that I'm not the only one preaching on this topic this Sunday. There's going to be tons of churches around the world that are teaching on the same thing. Um, But we're going to talk about the Trinity, um, because last week we spoke about the Holy Spirit. And so then this week's passage, which I'm going to read here in a second, um, is the Great Commission where Jesus calls us to participate in what God's doing through Jesus and the Holy Spirit and the Father. And so we're going to unpack the Trinity, which you're like, what is that? Um, If you're totally new to it, and if you've heard about it, you're like, yeah, that is a mystery. Let's talk about it. Um, So, first off, let me read Matthew 28, and then we're going to talk about why we should even care about the Trinity, why it even matters, okay? So, Matthew 28, 16 to 20, the 11 disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain to which Jesus had directed them. When they saw him, they worshiped him, but some doubted, which I think is an interesting line. Um, that I feel like if you were trying to lie about something, you wouldn't write that in there, right? Like, and it also gives me a sense that I can relate. I've doubted. I still doubt at times of things like that I don't understand. Um, to hear that is reassuring, and, and it helps us know that there's a process. I've talked about this before. There's a journey and a process that happens in our faith, and it's okay if you're doubting, okay? That's totally fine. It's part of the journey. Um, some doubted. And Jesus came and said to them all, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. That's the Trinity in which we're going to talk about. Teaching them to obey everything that I have commanded you. So everything that I've taught, everything that you've heard me teach on, go to the Sermon on the Mount, sums it all up. Uh, Matthew chapter 5. And so everything that I've commanded you. And remember, this is key, I am with you always to the end of the age. All right? So this is, uh, I've been kind of doing this more lately, is this is a part where you get to participate. Uh, so you're not just read scripture and, uh, and then kind of hopefully have someone else unpack it for you. But what stands out as you read this and as you see it, what values do you see Jesus communicating? And you can just shout out one-word answers, what you see in there. What do you see Jesus trying to communicate to his disciples? 
And there's a lot packed into these couple of sentences. It's a lot going on there. Um, what do you see? What do you see Jesus communicating? Yeah. Yeah, beautiful. Unity and obedience. I'm going to repeat whatever you have so that it goes on the podcast and people can hear it. Uh, anything else you guys see? All nations. all nations. God has a heart for all people. Uh, there's a love for all people there. Leadership. Leadership. So he, he's directing them to be leaders in some way, to utilize what he's taught them to do. Anything else? Initiation. Initiation. Yeah. They're part of a, a gang now. <laughs> Go and be part of this. This initiation is life-changing. What else you got? Trust? Yeah. He's empowering them. He's allowing them to be the ones that are going to go and do this now. He's like, I'm not going to hold your hand all the time. Like, I've been with you for three years. I've taught you a lot. Now it's your turn. Go and live this out. Must be a little scary. Anything else you guys see in there? Perseverance. Perseverance? Definitely. And then at the end, we see a promise, right? Remember, I'm with you. Remember, you're not alone. And that's the beautiful part of this when we talk about the Trinity and why the Trinity can be so confusing because we're just like, what? It's like God, and then people talk about how it's like God, but in three different forms, but they're all separate, but yet they're together. And we're going we're gonna to talk a little bit about this. But the first thing I want to point out is that it's a bit of a mystery um, what happens with the Trinity. Okay, it's, it's, it's pretty vague, but it also has a lot of things that point to it that help us understand it a little bit more. So why should we care about it? Um, my girls play sports. They play lacrosse. And when they first started a couple years ago, Katie and I had no clue how to even spell lacrosse. Well, she probably did. I didn't, okay? Um, <laughs> Yeah, LAX, done. <laughs> Just cheat code. Um, and, and so we would show up to practices going like, are they allowed to hit each other? Like, can they hit with sticks? Like, what's the point of this? How do you do this? Who gets eliminated? Like, why did she just get yellow carded for being too rough? You know, like all these different things. We had no clue how it works. Like, why do some people have to stay back and some people there? And it was so confusing. And it made it even worse that we didn't know because then they would get off the field and they would be like confused and we'd try and tell them something that we learned from someone else and they'd be like, you don't understand, you never played. And we're like, you're right, we didn't. We're just watching YouTube over here like trying to figure it out. Um, And so there was this whole process of learning lacrosse which it didn't even exist in in high school. Like I was like, what? That's like an East Coast thing that I don't know, like, some Ivy League schools do or something. I don't know. It was so mysterious to me, and we still feel out of place playing it, but um, it's good. But we, we learned because we love our girls, right? Like, I have no intention of playing lacrosse ever in my life, but I've learned, well, a lot of the rules. I can't say all of it. There's still some of it. It's a little bit of a mystery to us. Um, but we've learned the rules and we've engaged in the process of learning how to play that sport, and we've learned how to coach them a bit in what that looks like to succeed in lacrosse, okay? Um, 
But that all comes out of a love of wanting to learn and wanting to learn more about how they can thrive in that. So why do I share that? I think when we talk about the Holy Spirit, it can be one of those things where we're like, I don't know how this works. I don't, it's a mystery. It's confusing. I don't understand all the theological like, stuff that goes with it. Um, if you YouTube it or if you go on Google, you're going to find a lot of content on this topic, okay? And a lot of opinions if you go into all the different denominations and how they like, perceive the Holy Spirit. But one of the things that I would just I want to point out is yes, it's confusing. Yes, you'll be like scratching your head going, what, three and one, it doesn't make sense. One plus one plus one equals one. I don't know, like it, it's confusing. Um, it's meant to be God. It's meant to be three separate things, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, but how's this working? But what I want to say is, as you begin to fall in love with God, this will become more and more clear and begin to be something that you will prioritize and something that you'll understand more and more. I still don't claim to fully understand it, okay? Um, But one of the things I would say is having a posture of loving to learn what God is about is a great starting point. A humility that says, I want to be consumed with what God's consumed with. I want to be consumed with what he's doing because God is teaching us things that are so far above us sometimes that we're like, what? but it's so life-transforming, okay? And so um, as you begin to engage in this conversation, as you dig into it this week, hopefully, um, my prayer would just be that we would just humbly come before God and say, teach me. Teach me what you want to teach me about this topic, Um, and we will begin to learn. So I'm going to hit on a few things, some passages that hopefully will give uh, some framework And then I want to reference this book called Becoming Whole. And then I want to share a story about a friend of mine that's living this kind of thing out. Okay? Can we do that? All right. Let's do it. So what is the Trinity? Um, Do we have that art piece? Okay. Have you seen this before? Raise your hand if you've seen that logo before. Okay. That's like a Celtic something. I don't know. I don't know where it came from. And I, I started looking into it, and it's got all kinds of origins, and people are, like, claiming it from different camps. And I'm like, well... To me, it symbolizes the Trinity, okay? Um, and, uh, and when I look at this symbol, because I like art, Andy back there behind the soundboard loves art as well, um, and when you begin to think about art and you think about a visual um, piece of art and what it says about something else can really put a lot of meaning to it. And as you begin to look at this, you follow the line, right? It's like the eternity line, keeps going forever. Um, It creates three different, whatever, little half circle things. Um, It has a center to it that unifies, right? Uh, Like a Venn diagram, if you will. Um, It has so many different layers that as you begin to look at it, it begins to communicate the Trinity, I think, in an artistic way. I think that's probably why people have clung to it and maybe tattooed it. Um, anybody have that tattoo? Anybody? No? No Trinity in here? Okay. All right. Um, but I, it's popular. And, and I thought that it'd be cool just to like use that to kind of start this conversation. What does it look like? And, and when we talk about Jesus, we talk about the Holy Spirit, and we talk about the Father, I think this, this visual captures it really well. Okay? But let's dig into it. So Father, Son, and Holy Spirit are connected in this very unique way where each one plays its individual role. The Holy Spirit speaking to us, right? Jesus being God in flesh and blood, 
showing us what it looks like to be human, what it means to suffer, what it means to have pain, sorrow, what it means to love, what it means to be rejected, what it means to have all the things that we experience in our human, our humanity, our humanness, right? Um, and so Jesus gives us a picture of how God would handle that, right? A very tangible visual of that. Uh, and then the Father being in the middle of that, guiding and leading. But then they all have the same heart. They're unified by the same purpose and the same mission. Um, God in the Trinity is a community in itself. And when I first heard this idea, I was like, yeah, they're a community. There's three of them. Uh, three's a party, right? Um, and, and, but when I heard this little theological nuance that God himself is community speaks to the heart of God being that he desires to be connected, that oneness, aloneness is not what God is about. And it reflects to what the church is called to be, unified, diverse, all coming from different places, having different backgrounds, different things that we're all passionate about, different skills, different abilities. I cannot sing. Some of you can. We all bring something to the table that is unique, and that is what we see in God and what he invites us into as well. Um, so life in God is this community, um, and life in the Spirit is beginning to step into what that community is. And the Great Commission is Jesus summing all of that up and saying, I want you to go baptize people in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit into this community and begin to learn what this community lives by, right? This community lives by a few things, and if you want to study the Gospels, you can see all that, but Jesus summed it up in a couple things. Anybody remember that? Love God and love others. Summed it up. He's just like, this is it. This is the kind of community we will be. We will love God as a priority in everything that we do, and we will love others. That's the kind of people we will be. And so what values do you see Jesus communicating? I asked you that in that first part. Um, and I think that in the Great Commission, we see really the heart of God and the heart of the Trinity, the heart of what God is trying to do in those three elements to be active and moving in all of creation, right? Um, so the Holy Spirit, when we feel alone, when he says, I am with you till the end of the age, when we feel alone and we feel like I'm worthless, I'm not doing anything significant on this earth, he's saying, no, I, I'm doing something through you. I love you. I want, to de I want to connect you with this community, but I have purpose for your life, and I want to do beautiful things through you. And so we can forget these truths sometimes, which we're going to talk about here in a second. Um, but what the whole Trinity does is says, I have this way, Jesus, this model for what it looks like to live a thriving life so you can see it. And then I have the Holy Spirit that's going to move inside you. And many of you have experienced that where you're like, I've heard God speak or prompted me to say something or do something. I can't explain it, but it worked and it did something miraculous in my life, right? That is what the Trinity is doing. Um, last week, I spoke about how the Holy Spirit uh, will bear fruit in your life, right? We talked about gardening, um, and we have a few gardeners in here, and we dug into that. But I want to read this, this verse that sums up what I talked about last week that still ties in, I think, with this idea of the Trinity. And it goes on. It says, those who live, it's in Galatians 6, 8, 
only to satisfy their own sinful nature will harvest decay and death from that sinful nature. But those who live to please the Spirit will harvest everlasting life from the Spirit. And so living in step with the Trinity, with the Spirit, with Jesus, the heart of what He is doing in our lives, we begin to harvest this everlasting life. We begin to experience the life that happens when you begin to love people unconditionally, when you begin to be generous towards others, right? When you begin to be patient. We went through, we can go through all nine of fruit of the Spirit, like this idea of what it looks like to be loving, to have joy, to begin to have this kind of peace that supersedes our current situation, whatever, wherever you find yourself throughout the week, that we begin to have peace, um, that you begin to have patience when we don't have patience. I've been there this week. Um, there's times where those things run dry, but then what Jesus invites us back to is be part of the Trinity, be part of this life that begins to just bear fruit that he's talking about because you're connected to it and part of it. And so I want to go through a couple of, I guess, passages that, um, that begin to describe how the Trinity works out. So this is going to be the really boring part. So I'm going to go through some passages so you guys get, get some context. And then I want to share a story as to how this is lived out, okay? So number one, we're going to hit four different things, how the Trinity begins to work. And it begins by which, what we just talked about, developing character, okay? That's really small. I didn't realize that how, how small I made that text. Um, but developing character is what we talked about last week, fruit of the Spirit, where you become so connected with what God's doing that then you begin to experience this everlasting life, which everlasting life and salvation, if you want to sum it up, the fruit of that is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness. Like you're going to experience that in your life and begin to have that fruit overflowing because you're going to be so full of what Jesus is about that it's going to begin to transform who you are. And that character is oh, it's so desired. Um, I think that's why I stand here as a believer is because I encountered some people that lived this way, that were loving, um, that were patient. Um, and and it, it convinced me of what it, God is doing in our lives and people's lives. And the second one is the Holy Spirit, or the Trinity, gives you the power to share your faith. Um, that as Jesus begins to take root in our life, uh, you'll begin to have this power. And Acts 1.8 talks about this. It says, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. And so when he talks about witnesses, those early believers the Holy Spirit was residing in them, but they were living like Jesus, right? So you see the elements of the Father at work sending Jesus to be a physical representation that now the church is living that out. They're being witnesses by the way that they live because the early church was known for taking care of the widow, the orphan, right? Um, they were the ones that were living out the mission of Jesus physically, but then also spiritually in a way that then people began to just be enticed, and they were like, we want more of this. We want to be a part of that because of how beautiful it is. So it gives power to begin to share our faith. And so when we talk about sharing our faith, that really does come down to being connected to the Holy Spirit, being connected to Jesus. Um, it's not some, I don't know, like 30-second elevator pitch to share with somebody about who Jesus is and have, are they going to heaven kind of thing. You know, like the old-school way of talking about who Jesus is um, 
I'm sure it has its place, but I'm more convinced that people who are authentically living out Jesus are going to be witnesses in really beautiful, powerful ways that I think is way more convincing than a track that you hand somebody that's like, do you know where you're going when you die, right? Um, there's something really beautiful about that that, um, that really begins to have power, as it says. Um, the third part is it produces a heart of love. It says, and hope does not put us to shame because God's love has been poured out into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. So as we begin to engage with the Holy Spirit, we will become more loving because we'll start to recognize really what it looks like to value human beings, to value people around us more than even our own time, money, efforts, whatever, our energy, um, and begin to put others first, that that love will start to just permeate our lives. Um, And then the fourth one, the Trinity gives you spiritual gifts, which I hit on earlier. God also testified to it by signs, wonders, and various miracles, and by gifts of the Holy Spirit, distributed according to his will, as Hebrews 2, 4, that part of the Trinity is recognizing that we all have our unique part in this. And uh, I think what my encouragement would be is this week, begin to discover, begin to be reminded or lean more into what are the areas that God has gifted you uniquely? Because when we talk about the Trinity, each part played its role, but yet it was unified by this heart of love for others. And so what is your gift? What is your unique part in what it looks like to be part of the kingdom of God. Um, and you might sit here and go, well, I'm not talented. I don't have any spiritual gifts. I don't have any abilities, anything that stands out. And I bet if you began to sit down with somebody who you trust uh, and ask them, hey, what do you see in me? Like, how can I begin to use my life um, to be a blessing? I'm sure that conversation will be fruitful. I'm sure they'll begin to pull out things and ask good questions uh, that will help you recognize areas that maybe you are really talented that maybe no one else sees um, and begin to step into those things. And there's no right or wrong answer with this. I think it's starting to explore your calling by stepping into opportunities of serving, um, stepping into places where maybe you feel uncomfortable serving. Or, um, But I think there's something really beautiful that happens that the Spirit will guide you in that, that you'll begin to see the areas that you are gifted and talented in that God will use in beautiful ways. Um, And to kind of, a little caveat to that, you may not always see the fruit of that. You may be obedient to serving and doing things for a really long time, um, that you may not see all of the fruit of ways that God is using you. Um, But being faithful is super important. Because I've seen believers that have been faithful for many, many years, serving in different areas, um, that now are bearing fruit many years later because of the way that they acted and the way that they uh, were faithful in their life to Christ. And and there's something really beautiful about that. So I just encourage you, begin to dig into your spiritual gifts, begin to dig into what that looks like, start to ask questions about it. Um, There's a lot to cover because I only have 20 minutes. Well, I only got a couple minutes left. But um, so there's a whole, like, there's a lot of conversation that can happen. There's spiritual gifts tests. There's things you can dig into. I would say reach out to me if you want to dig into this further in your life. If you have questions, I can connect you with people or myself, 
know, we can have that conversation further, um, but really begin to dig into it and ask the Spirit to reveal those things to you. Um, I want to share real quick, what does it look like to thrive? Um, I was going to whiteboard this out, but I'm going to simplify it. Um, That as we begin to engage what it looks like to be part of the Trinity, um, what it invites us into is a life that is whole, okay? And why this matters, why the Trinity matters in our life is because there is a wholeness that we will experience as you begin to dig into this, that becoming a whole person, and I'm going to hit on what makes a whole person here in a second, um, will allow you to begin to see the ways that God is working through your life uh, in really powerful ways. And um, if you want to dig into this, I'm, gonna, I'm just going to just show you this book, but um, Becoming Whole uh, by Brian Fickert and Kelly Capick, and these four elements of what it looks like to be a whole Christian um, play out throughout scripture. And once I start to describe it, you'll start to see a little bit more of what this, what I'm talking about. Um, but when we are whole in understanding ourselves, this is kind of our core values as a church. We talk about inward, upward, and outward. Um, this is another way of saying it, that um, when you are whole, when it comes to yourself, when you understand that God loves you deeply and that your identity is wrapped up in who Jesus is, um, there is a connection there that makes you whole. When you begin to see others as people that aren't just objects to be used, uh, people that aren't there just to like give you what you need, when you begin to see others as somebody that God loves deeply, the relationship will change, right? And then you'll become whole when it comes to your relationships. The third part is creation. That how we relate to the world that we live in, the created world that exists, when we exploit the world, um, there is a broken connection and there is a lack of wholeness there. Um, uh, a real quick example of that is um, spent a lot of time going to Haiti. We still serve there a lot. Um, but the natural resources have been completely scraped off of a lot of that country. If you look at it on a map, um, Dominican Republic's green. Haiti is completely tan. It looks like a desert um, because the resources have been stripped from the land. When we begin to engage with God's creation in a way that says we are stewards and we take care of it and that we're responsible for it, it begins to create a wholeness between us and creation, right? So that's a quick example of that. And then our connection to God, that if we don't believe God exists, we're missing part of that spiritual connection. And some of that trend is happening where people are like, you know what? There is no God. There is no spirituality. It's all just physical matter, this world. That's all you, what you see is what you get. You're missing out on part of that spiritual aspect that we are created to experience. And then that gap creates a lack of wholeness, all right? That's me giving a really big overview of this book. Um, I really encourage you to check it out. Um, If you want to talk about it afterwards, I'd be glad to. The... uh, the thing that I want to communicate is that when we have all those four things firing on all cylinders, we begin to experience a wholeness that is really life-giving. And I've experienced this as I began to break these down, um, that the culture that we live in tells us that just watch out for yourself. Watch out for number one. Make as much money as you possibly can. um, Amass more stuff, because then you'll be happy. 
And the culture tells us what ultimately success looks like and what thriving looks like and what it means to really enjoy life. And when that is broken, when when we've been given a message that doesn't make sense, we miss out on really that thriving life that the Trinity is inviting us into. And I would just say, um, as we begin to think about others, as we begin to think about creation, we think about relationship with God, as we begin to engage in how those begin to become whole, um, you're going to experience this, this, how, what this Trinity looks like and what it looks like in our lives in a very meaningful, powerful way. So I want to close with how this looks because um, a friend of mine who's been a believer for quite a long time um, recently uh, posted this update from his life. And I've, it's been a person that I've looked up to um, because of the way that he lives his life as a result of following Jesus. And I want to read this to you because I believe it captures what it looks like to be part of the Trinity and what it looks like to live that life. We're going to, I'll show you that poem here in a second. We're going to close with this song and that poem. Um, But I want to read uh, from my buddy Keegs. So uh, this is his family update. A few weeks ago, Jamie received an email from an organization called Safe Families. Maybe you've heard of that, which does temporary respite uh, care for families in need. This particular email, Jamie couldn't shake. There are three boys, nine, eight, and six, and refugees from South Sudan. Their father is here but needs to return to help his mother, who is a refugee, uh, as well. The reason for dad not taking the boys is that the oldest has leukemia and is receiving treatment at Mary Bridge Local Children's Hospital up in Washington. Uh, Hence, Jamie's attachment to this email. Um, He says, we have agreed to house the boys from mid-June till September. The final details will be put in place over lunch next Wednesday. Feel free to reach out with questions to embark on this journey. None of us comes with funding or assistance, and so we would love your help. Jamie, sorry, hold on. Uh, Jamie and I believe in our core that comfort hinders growth, so the invitation of Jesus comes with obedience and discomfort. I thought that was interesting. If you'd like to come alongside us in this journey, we'd invite you to come along. This um, this is bigger than us, and you are loved. Ways you can help, and he begins to describe ways to connect. When I see his life, and him and his wife, and the ways that they are living out what it looks like to be Trinitarian, when it looks like to be caught up in what Jesus is doing, what the Holy Spirit is inviting them to, um, I see wholeness. I see communities being healed, right, as a result of the way that they live. I see lives being transformed as a result of the way that they are living their lives. And does he have it all figured out? No. Does he have all the resources to figure that out? No. But what he does understand is that the Holy Spirit is at work. And maybe you are sitting here and you're like, well, God's going to use my life in some way, but I don't know how. They don't know either. And this is somebody I've looked up to that has had impact on hundreds, if not thousands of people um, because of the generosity and the way that they live and the, the sacrifice that they have for um, just saying, I want to put Jesus first and for God's people. And just saying, like, I want to put other people for, first because I want to see wholeness exist in these kids' lives, in this family's life, in my community's life, because now people are going to participate in what he's doing as well. And I would just invite you to think about that in, in our lives. How do we participate in that? whether it's small acts of kindness, of love, where we begin to participate in what it looks like to be 
part of what the Trinity's doing, what the Father's doing, what the Son's doing, what the Holy Spirit's doing in our lives. It requires a listening. It requires some action. But it's beautiful, right? Like when you hear stories like that, you're like, oh, man, that's so awesome that they are doing that. And that's what I would hope that this theology would inspire you to. That it would inspire you to acts of love, of kindness, of generosity, of patience, um, of serving and using your life to be a blessing to others. Um, that's why we gather here, to share these kind of stories and talk about what God's doing. And so we're going to close with a song, um, right? And uh, I have a poem that, uh, that I want you guys just to reflect on as, come, yeah, come on up, um, that yeah, as, uh, as they're playing, um, we'll have this poem up for a little while and then maybe we'll throw the lyrics up, but I would just encourage you uh, because this poem is like a rewrite of an old poem that I've shared before um, that is, um, it's attributed to Francis Drake, um, but it's Disturb Us, Lord. And it's rewritten kind of in a contemporary language. Uh, but the original poem was written to say, disturb us when we've gotten too comfortable. Uh, one of the lines is, disturb us when we've sailed our ships too close to shore because we want to stay safe, right? Um, this is a rewrite. I would encourage you to read it, reflect on it. Maybe it'll challenge you and, and, and awaken some things in your life, and we'll close, and then I'll come up and I'll close out with prayer. All right. times I've failed still your mercy remains and should I stumble again I'm caught in your grace everlasting your light will shine when all else fades never ending your glory goes beyond all things will above all else my purpose remains the art of losing myself in bringing you praise everlasting your light will shine when all else fades never ending your glory goes beyond I give you control Consume me from the inside out Lord, let justice and praise Become my embrace To love you from the inside out Everlasting, your light will shine with Praise from 
picture of God at work, God's kingdom at work um, here on earth. And, and so uh, be encouraged. If you have questions, I'd love just to dig further into this with you. Um, and uh, if you have questions about this book or um, yeah, just even just digging further into what it means to live that out and the spiritual gifts and those kind of things. Um, yeah, feel free to reach out and fill out the connect card, connect with us. Um, but this is our blessing that we read as we go out. Rejoice in knowing that we never walk alone. Know the grace and peace of Christ walking beside us, that he's guiding and protecting us. Let's share this comfort with one another and feel his presence each moment of each day. Have a great afternoon.